0: I it was on. Good morning, Good Lisa. morning. You? Welcome to Better Lawns and Gardens. I am great, Lizzie. Nice to see you this morning. We have a guest here who's learning the tricks of the trade. Good morning, Nick. Talking to the mic.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know if you want to be a talker
2: now, but good morning.
0: Good morning. Yes, I do want you to talk. It is a beautiful day today. We're going to have wonderful weather. And it is the end of April. We're going into May. Hush
3: your mouth. I
0: know. It's getting warm here. We got some much needed rain this month. Daytona Beach usually gets about Uh, 2.17 inches of, how's that for exact, 2.17 inches of rain during the month of April. This month, we've gotten 2.26 in Daytona Beach. Orlando usually gets two and a half inches of rain. And we've gotten 5.20 inches of rain. What? Where? Because we don't live exactly. Popcorn. Melbourne usually gets two and a quarter inches of rain uh, during the month of April, and they have gotten 5.82 inches, nearly six inches of rain this month. So it was really necessary. We really needed it, and I'm glad we have it. We're going to get some more today, but it's not going to disturb your activities this morning. It's going to be later on in the afternoon. So. This is going to be a great day to go out and buy plants. The Lake County Extension Master Gardener's Plant Sale in Tavares today. They're opening up in a a little while. You can go, and I know there's already people standing in line. That's at 1951 Woodley Road in Tavares. And I want you to go by and tell them Teresa said she was high and that I wish I could be there. So I am blessed, Lizzie, with a lot of great friends around the world. You are, yes. And this... Weekend was really unusual, and I you just see where the universe flows. So this weekend, I connected universally uh, a la Captain Bacon, Six Degrees, okay? And so <laughs> <laughs> with three of my good friends around, one type, one genre of plant. So it all started last Saturday at the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival. I received a special invitation by Rollins College Greenhouse Manager Alan Christ, he invited me to see an amazing once-in-a-lifetime event at the Rollins Greenhouse. An amorphophallus titanum, which is the titan heirum, was blooming. Not only did they have one, but they had two of these amorphophalluses blooming. And Ooh. it's also known as the corpse plant. It's a flowering plant in the Aracea family, and it has the largest unbranched inflorescence in the world. So this amyphophallus is endemic to Sumatra, and it is a carnivorous plant that when it blooms, thousands of people stand in line to smell it. What? Whoa. <laughs> what? Wait, doesn't it stink? It's, th- it's, it's also called the corpse plant because the odor or the fragrance of the titanarum resembles rotten meat which attracts carrion-eaten beetles and flesh flies that pollinate it. Ooh. Okay, and so when we were at this greenhouse, there was literally flies in the outdoor hallway that could smell this plant through the hallway glass windows and things. It was incredible. So I have a wonderful Facebook friend that I admire very much whose whole life is about protecting his beloved island of Sumatra and its ecosystem. Sumatra is where Punginanda Pratama he is the environmental educator at Sumatra Nature and Biodiversity Conservation. Punky is always wishing for me to visit Sumatra one day, and it's definitely on my bucket list. So I have great photos to show Pungie that I will be posting later today. And if you'd like to see Pungie's photos of his island, the flowers, the trees, the fauna, and the flora, he shows beautiful animals and wildlife. Uh, on his on his page. You can find him on Facebook at Pungi, P-U-N-G-K-Y, Nanda, N-A-N-D-A, Pratama, P-R-A-T-A-M-A. So that was one connection that I made around the world through these Rollins College and Alan Chris's intervention there. So I'm so pleased. So Florida is also known for its native species of carnivorous plants. We have we're home to more um, species of carnivorous plants than anywhere else in the United States. So these are pitcher plants, and pitcher plants uh, trap and digest insects that then use the nutrients that they um, provide to supplement where the soil cannot provide. So they eat the meat of the of the insects for the protein. So last weekend as well, I received the Garden with Words newsletter. It's a free, insightful, and useful newsletter for anyone interested in growing their own business, thegardenofwords.com. I love it. The editor, Katie Elzer-Peters, is a, a friend and also a peer at the Garden Communicators International Association that we belong to. And synchronistically, she posted photos of her adventures hiking and finding beautiful carnivorous native plants in North Carolina. When I was reading her article, I had to write back to tell her that this week, on May 4th, the entire world is celebrating World Carnivorous Plant Day. So three connections in one weekend, unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to each other, all dealing with carnivorous plants. Lizzie, I love how the universe flows. Oh, that is crazy. And then the day that it's on, the date, and then it's supposed to be... Oh, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Is- oh, there you go. There so you go. Okay, so we just wrapped it all around there, didn't you? So very oh, well cool. <laughs> so coming up, I'm going to be speaking to Kenny Coogan, author of a new book being published in May, Florida's Carnivorous Plants, Understanding, Identifying, and Cultivating the State's Native Species. You will love the meaty conversation with Kenny. I'm Teresa Watkins. If it's Saturday morning, you're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network.
2: Darcy the Cow here for Black Cow,
4: the mature manure. Planting a sustainable vegetable garden helps to protect the
0: environment, and there's nothing like knowing where your vegetables came from. Black Cow
3: is a natural fertilizer with 10 times more nutrients than garden soil. Everything grows better with Black Cow, you know. That's blackcowkow.com. Black Cow, the mature manure,
5: Black Cow.
1: call us med now to learn more 800-513-1652 800-513-1652 800 1652 that's 800-513-1652 looking to make your garden fresh and new this spring quality green
2: specialists into land has what you're looking for fancy shrubs large trees like magnolias and hollies beautiful flowers like supertunias and azaleas olives citrus peaches blueberries vegetables and Herbs too. Enjoy gardening at its best. Select from our quality fertilizers and organics like Azomite. Great plants, sustainable products. Friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, DeLand, and online at QualityGreenSpecialist.com.
5: When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around toro zero turn mowers cut big yards down to size in less time so you can spend more time hunting fishing more just enjoying the day built with comfort enhancing productivity boosting features like my ride suspension that take the ache out of acreage massive rear drive tires for ultimate traction and ultra durable iron forged cutting decks you can rely on for years to come Bowl through anything that dares get in your way toro count on it visit toro.com slash zero turn to find yours
4: before we left the hospital my daughter received her newborn hearing screening it only took a couple of minutes and it was a painless test
2: when our son was born the doctors tested his heart and found out his blood oxygen levels were low as a dad nothing is more important than your child's health
4: it was that initial screening that led to her early identification of hearing loss.
2: And as a result, we found out about our baby's rare condition, which allowed us to review treatment options quickly. Go to floridanewbornscreening.com to learn more.
4: Kids are amazing. And at Florida KidCare, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437.
0: Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins. I'm a horticulturist, landscape designer, garden author, and I love talking about gardening and plants. I love it. With me right now is Kenny Coogan. He is a columnist, author, and nurseryman. Coogan is also the education director for the International Carnivorous Plant Society. In addition to his flock of chickens and ducks, he runs a successful carnivorous plant nursery out of his home in Tampa, Florida. His newest book, Florida's Carnivorous Plants, can be ordered now. Good morning, Kenny. Thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, Kenny, it's this is an exciting month. May coming up It's a month of celebrations in the garden. So we have World Naked Gardening Day next Saturday, May 7th. May 8th is Mother's Day with a mom in, in your life receiving corsages and floral gifts. And May 16th is Love a Tree Day but the one I find so fascinating is World Carnivorous Plant Day on May 4th. I love finding carnivorous plants on nature hikes through conservation areas and wetlands. Kenny, where did you first discover your first carnivorous plant? I'm from Niagara Falls,
6: New York, and I don't think I found a wild carnivorous plant for a long time, but I definitely first, uh, Saw some Venus flytraps in the garden center. And when my parents told me I couldn't have any more ducks or chickens, <laughs> we kind of all agreed that I could get a Venus flytrap.
0: Wow. And did, did it Until live then, long? Because, you know, a lot of people don't have a su- success with carnivorous plants.
6: I think this was around when I was 12. And it probably lived for about three weeks, which is pretty much the standard rate if you give it city water or tap water. Uh-huh. And then in high school, we had a guest speaker come into the the Advanced Placement Biology class. And of the 200 students, I was the only one who was interested in the presentation. And then the next day, he gifted me a sundew and a Venus flytrap. And I was able to keep that alive after I learned how to
0: properly care for them. Wow. You know, sundews are my favorite. I'll talk about those in just a second. So for our listeners out there, Kenny, who are not familiar... With carnivorous plants or only seen them through sci-fi movies and and little shop of horrors, what is a carnivorous plant?
6: So, to answer that, unfortunately, it's not a scientific answer because when scientists discover a plant, they want to say it's carnivorous so people can, you know, go either way, but generally speaking, we say that a carnivorous plant has to lure their prey which can be through color or scent. They have to be able to digest their prey, which is either through their own digestive enzymes or to help with bacteria. And then the third thing is they have to benefit from the digestion of the prey. So those are kind of the three hallmark uh, responses that everyone can kind of get behind.
0: Wow. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense. And so my good friend, Katie Elzer-Peters, Last week, she went hiking in North Carolina, and she found beautiful, blooming carnivorous plants, and she posted them. So can you see carnivorous plants all around the world?
6: Yes, you can. I went to Iceland a few years ago, and every time I pulled my car off to the side of
0: the road, there was um, butter warts. Uh Oh, that's great. And so Florida has the most species in the United States. So describe some of these carnivorous plants that that people can see when they're out in the woods walking in wetland areas?
6: We have um, over 30 species of carnivorous plants. They are in the panhandle all the way down to the bottom of uh, Florida in the Everglades. We have uh, pitcher plants. We also have a rogue population of Venus flychaps in the panhandle. And... Um, somebody sowed seeds there about 40 or 50 years ago, and the population is still there, but they're not native to Florida. We have butterworts, which are, they kind of look like a pile of tongues. And they, <laughs> they eat uh, small insects like fruit flies and fungus gnats and things like that. We have the sundews, which kind of look like little octopus. And then the we actually have one of the three carnivorous bromeliad species in Florida. And then the biggest group is the bladder warts. And those can be floating in the water or they can be in the soil. And what's really cool about them is when they bloom, they bloom in mass. So you can see like tens of thousands of flowers at once.
0: Oh, and I think they're so pretty too. They just look so delicate and they have the little ruffles and the little little, uh, uh, petals just reaching up. So I love them. And so uh, this carnivorous plants now we want to make everyone understand that when they see them out in the wild carnivorous plants are protected so how do we go about when we're walking to protect them how what do we do so that we don't damage uh an area where they they live yeah so we do have
6: several species that are threatened and endangered the best thing to do is do not poach them do not dig them up but Some of your listeners probably wouldn't even have thought of that. But the other thing is just stay on the marked pathways.
0: That's it. That's the stay on the marked pathway. Well, the good news is that carnivorous plants are very um, propagated, uh, very readily propagated, and so that they can be found and purchased so you can get them without damaging the ecosystem, right?
6: Exactly. And the species that we have in Florida, of course, they're beautiful, they're native flowers, but they're they're not the easiest to, a lot of them are not the easiest to grow in the backyard and people have bred and hybridized a lot of carnivorous plants that are much easier to grow in the backyard or even in the windowsill. Right. Yeah. So that, that's good. So, Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to tell you that you don't know this, but I just drove two and a half hours and I'm in Williston, uh, Florida uh-huh. at the Cedar Lakes Botanical Gardens. And I'm setting up for a show this weekend.
0: Oh, so people can, now that's in Williston? Yes. Okay, so, is yeah, go north, ahead. Uh, northwest of Ocala. Okay, and so what park are you at, or are you, what site are you at? It's the Cedar Lakes Botanical Gardens. Okay, and, it, and it's open to the public, and they can come in. What time does the show open up?
6: The show is today and tomorrow from 9 to 4
0: both days and so they can meet you and you can help them you can give them all sorts of great advice yes i know we were going to talk about another
6: event which i would like to talk about but i just wanted to okay no i'm really glad glad you did i'm (laughs) i'm vending and usually i'm um i definitely specialize in carnivorous plants that's the only thing that i'm selling but i'm here with probably 50 other vendors that are selling other plants
0: excellent so now uh, t- when i took the florida master naturalist instructor wetland courses we were able to view the carnivorous plants in the wetlands i fell in love with the rosy pink native sundews that you were describing you know earlier the drosera brevofolias. Uh, and how do ephemeral ponds and rain gardens benefit carnivorous plants so generally speaking, carnivorous plants, especially the ones that in, are in Florida, they want to
6: be—they want their soil to be wetter or more damp than uh, typical house plants or typical landscaping plants. So, the North American pitcher plants that are native to Florida, the Venus flytraps and sundews, they would do great on the shelf of a pond if you have a pond with fish or koi. You could put them on, you know. A, sh- a shelf they like to sit in about an eighth or a quarter inch of water all the time. You could probably plant them in a rain garden. You might have to give them some supplemental watering during the dry season though. Uh-huh. And then a lot of people ask me if carnivorous plants can be a form of pest control. And while it sounds wonderful, <laughs> they will eat a ton of plant they will eat a ton of pests and lots of bugs. The pitcher plants which I think a lot of people are familiar with. They kind of look like these little funnels. They can go from three or four inches, and they can go all the way up to almost three foot tall. And at the end of the uh, season, in, around October, November, you can they're going to die, the leaves. You can cut them open, and it's just this entire column of dead carcasses that they've been consuming over the summer.
0: That sounds so exciting on a Saturday morning when people are drinking their coffee and tea. That's exactly <laughs> what
5: I was going to say. Yum, yeah, let's go get breakfast.
0: <laughs> well, I
6: went to, if you've been to Bach Tower Gardens yes, in uh, Lake Wales, there's these giant three to four-foot-tall statues of carnivorous plants. And the sculptor actually came to my nursery and purchased five uh, different um carnivorous plants from each genera and then he modeled those sculptures after my plants and when i visited the garden somebody was you know pruning the carnivorous plants and i said oh you know it'd be really fun if you have a kid group if you have a summer camp or you know a fall camp and then you can cut open it and i explained how you could look at all the dead carcasses and they go what That's- we never knew that and then they started slicing them open to see <laughs> If I was uh, telling the truth, and I was, and they were,
0: they said, yep, this is the next activity. (laughs) There Mm -hmm. you go. So at the Apopka Art and Foliage Festival last weekend, I saw a lot of people buying pitcher plants, which were for sale in baskets to take home. So what carnivorous plant would you recommend to someone who would like to try growing one? So what you're talking
6: about are the Nepenthes, which are Asian pitcher plants. Those are not native to Florida. Okay, they, and that's that's actually the group that I specialize in, and those plants are great for beginners. Generally speaking, carnivorous plants need pure water, like rainwater or distilled water. But those Nepenthes, you can get away with uh, hose water every once in a while, and most of them that are in cultivation do great between forty-five degrees
0: and ninety degrees and bright indirect light like an orchid wonderful so they're easy to grow and you recommend distilled water for them so kenny can you stay through the break i want to talk about your new book florida's carnivorous plants i've already ordered my copy it should be i can't wait to get it and read it uh and so can you stay through the break sounds great okay all right and so we are talking with kenny coogan he is the educational director for the International Carnivorous Plant Society, which will be celebrating on May 4th, International uh, or the World Carnivorous Plant Day. And I think they're just wonderful, those little Venus fly traps that you see. And we're just very fortunate to have Kenny on and he's going to be helping us with it. And we're going to be talking about his books and where you can buy carnivorous plants. This so, is good information. Isn't it? I almost feel like it's Halloween time. Yeah, we, we should have them back at Halloween time. So we're going to take a break right now. It's the perfect time after the interview to call or text your gardening question. I'm already getting a few, and one said good morning, Nick. So, Nick, you're getting all the good mornings. And uh, if you'd like to dial one triple eight four five lawns or you can text 23680. I'm Teresa Watkins. You're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens from the Summit Responsible Solutions Studios. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network.
1: That's 802-341-4542. Do you have
5: a home that you don't want anymore? you walk away from it no listing no waiting sell any home any size any condition
1: now call the expert team at I need to sell my house fast make this free call now 800-432-3916 800-432-3916 800-432-3916 That's 800
4: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. Call Rate Genius
1: now. 800-811-7913. 800-811-7913. 800-811-7913. That's 800-811-7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anyway. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542.
3: The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump,
0: Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins. I'm a horticulturist, landscape designer, and garden author. And we have Kenny Coogan, who is the educational director for the International Carnivorous Plant Society and owner of Critter Companions, where he sells carnivorous plants. And he's just so interesting. I wanted to carry him over because he's got such great information. So, Kenny, thank you for holding on with us. And uh, so now your book is coming out. And that is being published by Ro- Roman and Littlefield, and it's called Florida's Carnivorous Plants Understanding, Identifying, and Cultivating the State's Native Species. So, tell us a little bit about the book.
6: So, the book is going to come out this July, but it's available as a pre order now. And sorry about my car. <laughs> <laughs> The book covers all of the species that are native to Florida. It talks about how to identify them. So there's these dichotomy keys. So if you're out in the field, you can use it to identify the species. It also talks about how several women helped save public lands to help protect the carnivorous plants.
0: Wow. Wow. That is great, and so uh, so I have Stan and Barto. He's texting, and he says, "Are there any carnivorous plants that prefer love bugs as their primary food source?" And then he says, "Oh, please, God, let there be." <laughs> I haven't had that
6: question before, but I definitely get which carnivorous plants eat mosquitoes. And there's over a thousand species of carnivorous plants all over the world. Florida has a little more than thirty. Uh huh. They are not um, specialists, they're generalists. So pitcher plants, the Saracenia, which are tall, they and the Nepenthes, which are the pitcher plants in hanging baskets, they have some nectar on the underside of the lid. So if love bugs like nectar, they could be attracted to it. And then a lot of the North American pitcher plants have this chemical called conine in the nectar, Uh which makes the bugs drunk and then they get a little tipsy, and then they fall down the pitcher, and the pitcher's really slippery, so they can't get out, and that's how the plants uh, lure and capture their prey. Wow. Now, is so, that
0: is that what we call
6: the lobster pot theory? That is one of the species of the pitcher plants, so that's just the parrot pitcher, which is in the panhandle, uh-huh. and it's more of a horizontal pitcher, Okay. and that has like a tiny opening that opens up to a bigger one, so when the tadpoles and mosquito larvae and aquatic uh, invertebrates, vertebrates go in there, they get disoriented, but the other species are more upright, and we just call those
0: pitfall traps. Pitfall. Okay, super. Okay, so now I want to tell people that to celebrate World Carnivorous Plant Day on May 4th, your publisher, Roman and Littlefield, is providing a 30% coupon for each book sold through May 31st. How do they get, take advantage of this great deal? Yep, you're going to go
6: to their website, and then you're going to type in flcp
0: 30 and then you get 30% off the book. It was great. I did that, and it was really a, a wonderful deal. So now you're in Tampa. You're having a plant sale today. You want to repeat that, and where can they find and buy your uh, plants? Yep, so my website is
6: kennycoogan.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Critter Companions by Kenny Coogan. And today I'm at Cedar Lakes Botanical Gardens. But next Saturday, which happens to be uh, World Naked Gardening Day, (laughs) I'll be at the University of South Florida USF Botanical Gardens. And unlike most shows, I'm going to be the only vendor. So usually I have three or four tables, but next Saturday I'm going to have about nine tables filled with carnivorous plants. I'm going to have some hard-to-find things like Mexican butter warts and some uh, rarer nepenthes, which are the Asian pitcher plants. I'm going to have ones that are good for inside the house, good for outside the house, good for greenhouses. And uh, I usually sell stuff on the website, but because the spring is so busy, I don't really have I have a few things up, but after May 15th, I'll be posting on my website again. And oh. then I do ship all over the country. Oh,
0: wonderful. Kenny, thank you so much for coming on today. I wish you a lot of luck at the plant sale. Everyone needs to go by and see Kenny and uh, and, and get some plants and just start a new collection. It's a new thing uh, that uh, for most gardeners, they, they haven't really tried carnivorous plants. Thank you so much, Kenny. Thank you, Teresa. All right. Have a good day. That was Kenny Coogan. And uh, I will be posting uh, Kenny Coogan's information on our Facebook page, Better Lawns and Gardens Facebook page. So we can, uh, so you can take advantage of that and order his plants online if you can't get to his sales. And so, uh, you know, we're going to be back uh, with more Better Lawns and Gardens. And so right now you can give us a call, one 888 455 six, seven, or you can text me at two, three, six, eight, zero. So I have someone who says I, for over 34 years, I had an amaryllis with large, beautiful pink blooms. I moved, dug them up, replanted them in another yard. And they came up recently with dark red petals and really in big capital letters, why? And so it's basically genetic. What scientists think is that the plant just reverts back to the parent plant. So amaryllis are hybridized very heavily. And so if you get some that are white with pink stripes or lines on them, on the petals, or you get ones that are pink or different shades of red, those are hybridized. And then when you plant them and remove them or and, and replant them, then they go back to the mother plant. Really? So it loses its stripe or whatever you did to it. It goes back to the original coloring. And we see this a lot in variegated plants that you know, they'll be growing for five, six, seven, eight years, and then all of a sudden it starts to grow without the variegation. And what it is, is it's just reverting back to what it was.
5: Could you imagine that if you had like the award winning national flower or whatever for this <laughs> color, and then like you pick it up and you go to move and you move with it, and then it's like, wah, want, want and it's like, hey, where is this? And it's like, that's not that plant.
0: So, it's not something we can control. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with fertilizing or anything else like that. So, it just enjoy the new colors you've got more than one color there so this we're coming up into April and uh we're going to be talking about what to do in the month of April this month got a lot of great guests coming up so uh let's see here I've got one question here let's see do I have time for this one uh let's see nope okay so we're going to come back with more thank you Lizzie I appreciate that and so, uh, you can give us a call one triple eight four five five two nine six seven, or you can text me at two three six eight zero. I'm Teresa Watkins. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network.
3: Hi, Darcy the Cow here for Black Cow,
4: the mature manure. Planting a sustainable vegetable garden helps to protect the environment, and there's nothing like knowing where your vegetables came from. Black
3: Cow is a natural fertilizer with 10 times more nutrients than garden soil. Everything grows better with Black Cow, you know. That's BlackCowKOW.com. Black Cow, the mature manure.
5: Black Cow.
1: Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652.
5: Life happens. Getting married, moving, new baby, loss of health insurance. If you've had a life-changing event, you may qualify for a special enrollment period in the health insurance marketplace. Visit healthcare.gov and see if you qualify.
4: Need help? A navigator from Covering Florida can help you through the process and find the best plan for you and your family. Visit CoveringFlorida.org or call 877-813-9115 to make an appointment. Assistance is always free and confidential.
2: Hey, Bill, how's it going? I'm fine, Bob. I just wish I were ready for mosquito season. Well, that's why I bought Summit Mosquito Dunks. Summit Mosquito Dunks? Yep, they kill the mosquito larvae before they're old enough to bite. How about that? Well, I guess I'm off to the store. Help protect yourself and your family from diseases caused by mosquitoes with Summit Mosquito Dunks. Available at garden centers, hardware stores, and online
1: at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. That's summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
0: Good morning. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. Thank you for listening to the Better Lawns and Gardens show. If you miss any of our shows, you can go to our website, betterlawns.com, or you can see all the topics I've discussed on audioboom.com. You can go to Audioboom.com and just search for Better Lawns and Gardens, and it comes right up. I have over 200 shows where you can see the topics, and you can listen to just the topic you want to learn about, and you can hear that show free of charge. Also, too, we'd love for you to go to our Facebook page, uh, Lizzie and I and Nick, and just like us and give us a five-star rating. We would love that. Please like us. (laughs) There you go with your little eyes. Just just, just and do, my little puppy dog eyes. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have uh, the last segment, of better lawns and gardens coming up, and then we're going to go to uh, our second hour. We want you to stay with us. So let's go to uh, Gordon
7: in Plant City. Good morning, Gordon. How can I help you? Oh, thank you for taking my call, Teresa. I don't listen to y'all much because I think, I, I, but I, all of a sudden I ran into a problem. And so all of a sudden y'all are interesting. Are these crepe myrtle trees that are the little seedlings? And my mother bought them, and um, we're not sure. She and I kind of disagree. I've I, uh, I've some access to, um, you know, like if cats and dogs were to urinate on it, or since I took in college, I know that urine is acidic. And I thought I'm thinking that the urine that um, I have access to might be a good fertilizer. She thinks that it may damage the plants because it may burn them. So we're kind of at loggerheads, but we're not experts, and so we're turning to you.
0: Well, thank you so much. And so cats don't pee on plants. Okay, cats, you know, they dig in the soil. So they're not really going to hurt the crepe myrtle. And so I'm not worried about that. How tall are the crepe myrtles?
7: Now, these are, these are pretty young. They're just like maybe six or nine inches tall. What I'm saying is I have some access to... A source of a uh, mammal urine that I'm thinking may be a good fertilizer, and I just wanted to just run this by you guys because y'all are experts. Okay, so no,
0: I just, dis- I, I don't like to advise you to use uh, urine and, you know, any kind of kitty litter or any kind of uh, animal manure uh, for, for uh, four-legged pets so anything that eats meat i just you know you want to stay away from and so if you wanted to fertilize with cow manure you know chicken manure black cow is wonderful uh and even rabbit pellets you can use if you can get access to that but black cow is about what i i prefer i would not use any cat urine on on the plant it's just not gonna it's not gonna be in the solution uh or an analysis that the plant can absorb and you you could damage it yes
7: It'd be too acidic, then, wouldn't it? Yes, I think so. Oh well, listen. Thank you so much for straightening us out on this. You have a good day, Teresa. You too, Gordon. Thank you for staying on the line.
0: I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, that's a good question. You know, it we, was. You know, you want to recycle and reuse things, and do we have to buy you know something that's off the shelf? And I will just say that on when you buy products on the shelf, you know they're safe. They're safe for the plants. True. They're safe for the environment. And you should use them according to the instructions. So that's where I come from. Homemade recipes, I'm not really that big on. No. Because uh, you, can, you can damage plants.
5: And let, yeah, unless you're like a chemist or you're related to a chemist, um, you know, or you test down on small amounts of stuff that you don't want to live.
0: <laughs> there you go. Let's go to Alice in Melbourne. Good morning, Alice. How can I help you?
3: Well, I'll tell you, it's wonderful having you on, um, Teresa. And Lizzie is a great um introduction to your show too when you call in thank you so, she is she is
0: just, awesome she rocks
3: yeah really um and you are too and the way you know so much about plants and and lawns and things is just amazing but i just bought a new lawn I paid a lot of money for it and i don't want to kill it but i was told to water it twice a day but the guy never told me um, he was hispanic and he didn't speak real good english he didn't um converse with me a lot about how to how long i'm supposed to water it twice a day uh and i've been doing that for about two weeks so and it's getting to be a pain because i don't have a sprinkler system so i've got to uh move a little sprinkler around here and there right and, um it takes time and okay and, so what uh, kind of grass
0: it. do you have did you get put in
3: it's it's uh uh i wanted to say bermuda but it's uh st augustine it is st augustine okay yeah.
0: so you've been watering it twice a day okay so i want you to stop that okay and i want you to uh it's lot new lawns need watering depending on the time of the year if it's really hot 95 degree temperatures like in the middle of summertime yes uh-huh. you can water it you know twice a day during the summertime for the first week But after that first week, you want the plant, the turf, to go ahead and establish its roots and push down deeper. So you want to water less and less. So what I generally Uh. recommend is watering once a day or twice a day, and you can get away with that if the temperatures are really warm. Right now, it's not that warm. So watering once a day to apply one inch of water. Okay, so now, okay, Alice, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to tell you how you know if
3: you've applied one inch of water. Yeah, that's very difficult because you can't stick your finger down that far, really, uh, especially when it's new sod. Right. So you what know. you need to do is get a
0: tuna fish, a cat food can, or a dog food can, and, you know, empty it out. Make yeah. sure <laughs> that, that it's all there and, and then mark one inch in the can. So you take your ruler and mark where one inch yep. is in the can. Okay? okay? And then you yep. take that can out where you're watering with your oscillating sprinkler that you're moving around. Take it and put it out about six feet away from your sprinklers that are coming, you know, that are rotating. And uh-huh. time how long it takes to fill that can up to one inch.
3: I see. Okay. Okay,
0: so now it may be 20 minutes, it may be 30 minutes, it may be 17 minutes, but when you see that can reach one inch, that's how long you need to have it going on every part of your yard, you know, when you move it around, every second. Yeah.
3: I've been really overwatering because I I set the sprinklers out there and then I go in the house and I forget about it. And an hour later I think, oh, my God, i got to, you know, move the sprinkler. Right. Um, Okay, so so right now, so
0: you water once or twice a day the first week, once every two days the second week, that two, two, two times, you know, every two days the second week. And then the third week you water once every three days that third week. And then by the end of the month or by the end of the fourth week, you are watering twice a week and your St. Augustine will get established. Okay. Okay. If you water every day for four to six weeks, which you're allowed to by law, okay, then your roots are never going to get established, and they're going to stay right close to the surface. And then when you have to go to twice-week watering, your Saint Augustine or any of the turfs will start to decline. They're going to they're okay. going to really stress out.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad you told me that because a neighbor came over and saw me watering again, uh, out there, and and she said. Your grass is going to rot if you keep watering it that, that much. But she's one of these busybodies that just likes to watch what everybody's doing. And I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to keep watering it so that she—
0: Okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to tell you to stop watering because you're going to rot your grass out. Okay. <laughs> So, okay so, so she may be right. listening to me
3: and she told you what i said to her <laughs> yeah well I love that. that's, so she was probably right Um uh, but anyway so okay every two days uh this week it, so every two yeah. days this week okay once every two days so it's going to be like three. well i've done this i've done this now for for a couple of weeks so. okay
0: so what i want you to weed I'm it done. off now that it's gotten it every day it, it might stress out too much Okay, so yeah. just go to do it every two days this next week, then every three days the following week, and then you're on the schedule of twice a week watering. Okay. Okay?
3: Twice a week watering is enough. Okay. Well, what I also wondered is about putting grass seed down, because I have a whole bag of grass seed that I was going to use, but I had opened it, and so now I can't take it back. What kind of um, grass seed is so it? It is uh, it, it's also St. Augustine.
0: No, it's not St. Augustine grass seed. Okay, then it's Bermuda. Okay, I don't want you to mix the two. Oh. Okay. Crap. They 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 both have sorry, different I heights. Open the thing.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't help that. But they're two was, different heights. You don't expensive. you don't you don't, you don't want to put I, it.
3: I've got it right here. I'm going to look and see because I thought it said. Yeah. No, it's Bermuda.
0: Yeah. You don't, now you right. can you can put it in a backyard where you have Bermuda, but you don't want to mix it up with St. Augustine. So what I suggest is that you tape it, and politely go back to the company and say, "Can you please take it back?"
3: Uh huh. Yeah, they wouldn't know that I had that I've taken it. Well, up. they'll see the I'll... tape,
0: Alice. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. Hey, I love that. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Alice, for listening to Better Lawns and Gardens. I appreciate it. Well,
3: yeah, it. you're great. Thank you. You're thank
0: welcome. You. All right, so we are going to be back with more Better Lawns and Gardens. I want to thank uh, uh, Kenny Coogan. for coming on. He was great. Carnivorous plants. The next hour is all yours. You can call Lizzie with your gardening questions to get on board so I can help you. Have you ever seen an Amorphophallus titanum a blooming or a carnivorous plant in the wild, call and tell us about it. I want everyone to call. I haven't seen it. I know I'm going to tell you. So, uh, you know, I want to see if everybody knows. We've got a lot of great text messages coming up and I think we're going to have a great show. So you're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins from the Summit Responsible Solutions studio and summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Saturday morning, you're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network.
4: A Jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-517-6580, 800-517-6580 right now and get 50% off installations with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-517-6580. That's 800-517-6580. 800-517-6580.